This one is going to be called My First Day of High School. I'm going to recap on where I left off from before, which is pretty much kind of leaving the trailer park and getting into Bayou Oaks, leaving Bayou Oaks Trailer Park to Bayou Apartments. That place is a little different than the trailer park I was in. Now I was hanging out with a whole different crowd. And just kind of recap on like where I was before, which was rolling with rolling with old Ernie, old Ernest Donald Smith. That guy, he's uh he's my roll dog and a good friend for a long time, and still his day, we are friends. And uh, the recap on this, like I don't think I I told enough stories about old Ernie, man. Me and Ernie, we went through some things, like uh. Like we already, like I touched on him, you know, hitting me with a two by four and then me trying to hit him back. But his mama caught me whenever I was hiding. But uh, I told that story in the last episode. So if you want to hear that story, you kind of need to go back there because I'm trying to, you know, keep this efficient. It's a good story, though. Go check that one out. But I do have some more uh, Ernie stories. So Ernie, I mean, he had kind of had it rough because like one day. We were really young, like when we were eight, nine, something like that. Uh, when I first showed up to the trailer park, like we went, it was summertime and it don't rain much, but we always went down to like, just kind of catch claw daddies, craw daddies. I think we call them craw daddies. I don't know if they're like claw, like crawfish, but they're the same thing. They look the same. They look, but we call them craw daddies. I think they're the same damn thing. There's a little little ditch ditch lobsters or whatever they are. There's little ditch shrimps or whatever. But they're there. They exist. And we catch them. But uh, Ernie was down in the mud, and, like, I was the one collecting them. And I guess after we separated, like, we, we let them go. We didn't, we didn't plan on eating those things. They were out of the, out of the bayou right there. We were, we were just kind of catching them and putting them together and seeing if we could make them fight maybe. But Ernie went, I don't know, I guess he had, like, like some mud on his leg and everybody thought he shit his pants and it's like he had he got some grief and i was like i was the only one that could back him up on it like nah man it was, it was like he he didn't shit his pants he's in the mud it was like it ain't rained in forever i was like we were out in the marsh man you didn't you don't get it and he had a little shit of that but like i don't know he's my roll dog so it didn't matter and like i don't know we were cool we, that was some bullshit but uh i remember we got in trouble for stealing me and him got in trouble for stealing uh, wrestlers. This is before I had the job. Yeah, this is like when I was when we were kid kids. And we were stealing like uh, I, I stole the who were they? They're like DMT, Scott Steiner and Rick Steiner. They're gnarly. They're they're crazy. Anyway, I don't know. I stole a du- double pack. And we got caught, and we got kicked out of Kmart for <laughs> for life, I guess. But we we always went back with our parents, and it was all good. We got to go in; it didn't matter. Ernie, I don't know. Yeah, there's memories. That guy was kind of cool. TNS rules now. That was our our going to be our rap name. We're we're kids, and we wanted to be rappers. And then, uh, I guess the last good memory story of him. I remember him. He's the first person I ever saw like Superman. 
over some bicycle handlebars. Like he fucked up. Like he his front tire went in some big, some like big hole in the ground. He wouldn't see it. We were riding at night, and this guy just poof. Like I saw his his front tire go down, and then he went flying over his handlebars. Just hands in the air. He's you know his arms are swinging. Everything. My arms are swinging right now trying to explain the story. But I don't know. That was Ernie. And like we lived in, we lived in the trailer park. We listened to rock and roll, but we still like we listened to rap. But we did, we weren't living no rap style lives. Like we we listened to, I guess you know, it was like Will Smith and stuff like that until the Chronic came out in '91, and that like kind of changed everybody's world because it's I don't know, it was tight, man. You know, it changed everything. Like everybody's kind of talking about it. We definitely talked about it too, and it made it to the trailer park. And then the shift from Bayou Oaks Trailer Park, which is really on the bayou. Like, the swamp is really right there. You can go fishing right there. It wasn't far away. You could take your fishing pole to, like, a few different good fishing spots. Like, you could just ride a bike around there and just, like, go good fishing. And then cook it up with your friends and stuff. Like, <laughs> like everybody's down to make some, like, have a fish fry. But once you got to, once I got, once I, me and my family, my mom and my sister at the time, Virginia, we all moved over there. She was like three. And we moved into Bayview Apartments. And I met uh, the homie Eric, Tortoise. Basically, Eric is Tortoise. And then there's Doggy. He was, he was living there too. Little John, BJ. And then we can't forget, like, Dana, Dustin, Jeremy, and all those boys from uh, the 32nd Street Gang. I don't know if Dana and Dustin really were. They just, they they weren't the ones we fucked with. I went through, I went through stories about us getting, me and, me and, uh, not BJ, but uh, Eddie getting beat up over there. I don't know, but this episode is called My First Day of High School. And what I wanted to touch on was, like, really my first time getting locked up, because at the end of the day, this whole story is about me getting locked up in a Japanese labor prison. So I want to touch on like the first time I ever got locked up and had to deal with being incarcerated, losing your freedom. And and I don't know if anybody really understands uh, how fucked up that is to the brain. I saw this one guy on TikTok that uh, he says, if you've been locked up for more than a year and a half, you probably got PTSD. And that's probably true. And in my lifetime, I've definitely served more, <laughs> plenty more than that. But in my juvenile life, I'd say it was probably close to a year and a half that I ended up serving. And so, like, this episode will go through the majority of both of, basically the whole being locked up from 15 to 18 in the Mississippi Department of Human Services at, at Oakley Training School. And from right here is about where it starts. So when I'm, I I touched on when I lived in the trailer park in the last episode. When I lived in the trailer park, I I got taught how to steal cars. And then whenever I moved to the Bayview Apartments, uh, my friends are curious about how to steal cars. And I was like, oh, yeah, you, all you got to do is break the steering column, stick a fucking screwdriver in there, and bang, you're good. You just turn it. You might have to bang it in there and move it around a little bit, but you should be able to start it. If it doesn't have the chip now, every day, all these cars now you can't do that. It doesn't work. Like, but the first car to come out with that was like the IROC Z after like '92, 
not the 91 and below, you're good. You can steal that bitch, no problem. But like all the 80s cars, like all those old cars that are in every hood, you can steal the good majority of those. You just broke steering column. You know, like it, <laughs> when they find it, they got to fix that. But you could take you a car. There's a hammer and a screwdriver. You could take plenty of cars. Just get, get with it and get out of there. But once I moved to Bobby Apartments, I met all these guys that were curious about it. And then one night we tested it. I showed them that it worked. And then uh, they figured out how to steal cars. <laughs> and like, I, was try- I, I didn't need to be there, but I showed them how to do it one time. And like, they'd come show up with the car. I just had a drink of water. But uh, they'd show up with the car like they stole. And then one time, like, it was my birthday. So I guess I should really start off again with, like, it is my first day of high school. So this is a crazy day. It's cool days. They're, like, you know, it's your first day of high school. You're kind of hyped up. So before we get into all the all the drama, essentially, I just kind of set this up. My first day of high school is my 15th birthday, August 12th. I got those. It had all been shrinking down to August 12th. It's like August 20th before August 15th, and then now it's August 12th. And I felt like the summer was shrinking in on me. But it was high school time, so it didn't matter. I woke up, and uh, my boy, my boy uh, Tortoise, he shows up with a blunt. We uh, get lit. He is his birthday, too. We're both Leos. We're both 1981. We're both Leos. And uh, his cousin was going to give us a ride to school. Because he didn't want to ride the bus, and I didn't ride the bus down on the first day. And uh, his uncle pulls up, and our cousin, whoever it was, pulls up in a badass fucking old school with some nice fucking rims on it. And, like, I didn't know anything about cars at the time, but it was probably like an 85 Monte Carlo, something along those lines, but it was tight. And it was on some uh, silver, silver Dayton's. He didn't have anything fancy on the steering wheel, but it was all good. It was looking good. And then it was bumping, too. That thing was rattling all the way down the street to come pick me and him up, take us to our first day of high school. And now uh, he pulls up, it's, uh, me and him. He's like, hey, hop in, both of y'all. And uh, we, we rolled in, but he was playing uh, players from the South Stack. G's flipping tight on that white with that caddy on them gold D's. But all I know is that shit was tight. Like, that that I never heard that song before. And, like, I come from, like, a rock and roll trailer park and then I was hanging out. <laughs> I was hanging out with my friend, and I got a different little lifestyle right in, right in front of my face. And like being different was always cool to me. Like I grew up in Japan, so like the norm was, you know, like everything. I like change. I'm not scared of change. A lot of people are scared of change, but you got to get over that. You got to experience different different areas of life. You got you got to travel. You got to see the world. There's an education element to that for sure. You will learn from meeting people getting out of your comfort zone and talking to people that you would not normally talk to and learn their life, ask them about their life, where they grew up, where they're from, what's it like. It's worth it. It's absolutely worth it because you never know what's going to happen. But here I am completely out of my element from the, the, the white trailer park, essentially. Now I'm, now I'm in the hood kicking with a car full of blacks who's getting dropped off at high school. Bumping players from the South Stack G's. We got Master P and, and man, or MJG and like Silk Shocker or something like that. It could have been UGK. It's probably UGK. It's probably UGK, Silk Shocker, and Master P. And that shit was tight though. 
That was it was one of the tightest songs I ever heard. And it was bumping, we were rattling all the way up to the high school. It was a good moment. And then I went to school, classes happened and all that stuff. I met all kinds of people that I hadn't seen since junior high and all that stuff over the summer. You see people and then you see people that had already gone beyond, like you remember them from ninth grade. They were above you in eighth grade, then you were in ninth grade, and now they're the tenth grade, and you see them say, or eleventh grade, maybe at that point, I guess. But either way, you see them, and it's kind of cool. You're there now, but you're still a freshman or whatever. But you have you have your intro to high school. It was my birthday. Like it was a good day. I went through school, saw all kinds of friends. That was great. I get back to my house, and first thing I see is someone's just breaking into somebody's car deliberately breaking into it right in front of my house and like i i didn't i, I knew the motherfucker and i was turning a blind eye and went in my house and i knew my mom was gonna uh you know i had, I had presents coming it was my 15th birthday i wasn't i wasn't hated yet you know you weren't too old you're still young enough to get presents still so i still got a present that year and it was virtua fighter uh, for my ps2 and it was cool i really liked it that thing's badass it might have been the original PlayStation. It might not even been a PS2. I think it was a PS2, but hell, man, that was a long time ago. That was 1996. That was when Tupac died. Tupac died September what 13th, something along them lines. That year, like it was a uh, that was gnarly. In fact, I was on house arrest because of what I won't get into. Um, that like a few hours later, just like I told you, like the homies would show up with a stolen car. Yeah, this night they stole showed or this day they showed up with a stolen car. It was my birthday. I wanted to drive. They had stolen a car. I was like, Yeah, let's drive. So we went we went I drove around. We went and got some gas and stuff and I drove around and uh somebody was like, Hey, stop at these apartments <laughs> like we pulled in these apartments. This motherfucker like, Oh, well we picked up some guys too. Like we picked up some homies that were actual uh they're a little older than us and they're from the thirty second street guys. And uh, they they picked up we picked them up, and then they were like, hey, let's go around, right? Y'all niggas done did it now. They go, oh, y'all did it now. Y'all done did it now. And I'm like, oh, shit, man. All right, now we stop in these apartments. They start breaking into every car possible. They go, like, from door to door, checking handles, stealing, stealing just random stuff, change, anything all over the place. And uh, I'm like the getaway driver. But I drive us back to the apartments. We get there. And I'm like, uh, all right, I'm going to go play Virtua Fighter. And I did. I went and played Virtua Fighter. It was cool. I got to drive. I didn't I didn't break into any cars there. I walked around, acted like I was like down to do it. But I didn't break any cars. Act like I didn't see any cars pretty much that were open. Because I just didn't feel like... I don't know. I didn't want to. It's not like I was above it, but I was nervous. I was scared. We're in some random ass apartment complex, and everybody—it's a huge apartment complex, and people are getting change. It ain't worth it. I got—I got work for my grandpa still. Like even at that time, I was working for my grandpa on the weekends. Like money was not the object. I just—I—I don't know. I wasn't worried about all the material stuff. Like I was wearing Skechers, and in fact, whenever. that I was wearing sketches while we were doing that, right? And people picking on my shoes anytime I was in the hood. They're like, yo, bro, you can't. I don't know what you're talking about with them shoes right there. But uh, after I went home, I went I, basically I went home, right? I went home 
after we did that apartment thing, and I was kind of sketched out from that. I was scared the adrenaline was going. I just wanted to play my video game. I wanted to play Virtua Fighter. I hadn't, it had just come out. It was badass. It might even been Virtua Fighter 2 or something. Like, I was really excited about playing it. I went back, and I was playing that, and then by, like, 11 o'clock, I get a knock on my window, and it's it's uh, it's a couple of the homies, and they're like, hey, come, come kick it, bro. We got the car still. I'm like, ah, man, you know what? You know, all right, cool, man. Let's go smoke. And uh, so I went over there to to the apartment. I walk in there, and they got so many car stereos in there. There's like a corner full of like 30 car stereos. These motherfuckers went and stole a puppy from somewhere. They had a puppy. They stole food from the Dell Champs. You don't know what a Dell Champs is, most likely, but it's just basically a grocery store down there. But that's that's a uh, I don't think they they exist anymore. But Dell Champs was the spot, bro. But they went and stole. <laughs> I stole beer from there. Then motherfuckers went and stole food from there. I didn't steal beer that night, but that's where I did get my my my, my beers with the Dell Champs. But uh, now I'm in there, and I'm I'm with I'm in there, and there's more guys in there, and I'm not a thug. I'm a, I'm like a I'm I'm just a white kid wearing Skechers skater kind of wear. I got these shoes in Japan. As a matter of fact, my aunt, not my aunt, my uh, my stepmom Notico bought them for me gave me they might bro they were kids they weren't even sketchers maybe they were sketchers they were sketchers but she had got me some kids too like i remember those those are like i just can't even wear these like they were, i got i got ragged on so hard i couldn't wear those but my my mom my birth mom got me got me the sketchers <laughs> and i was wearing them and this dude said look me dead ass and i said nigga you can't be wearing those sketchers in the hood and I might get some grief for saying how I said it, but this is what it was said to me. And uh, I, I, I was in the hood, man. You can, you can check my fucking card. But uh, I got my ass whooped there. I won mine. I, I held up. I proved myself. And then when I, once I come out of out of training school on this, wasn't nobody fucking with me. I threw hands in that bitch. You want to come at me? They knew the rep. Kendeezer May, May, he uh he conditioned me right. He He made sure I knew how to fight. But uh, basically, I had my birthday cake. I played Virtual Fighter. I got the knock on the window. And now I'm kicking in this house with these people, these motherfuckers that are scary. They I, I, they probably beat me up right there. I'm still, I'm barely 15. I just gotten jumped. I hadn't had my respect yet. I hadn't done, I hadn't gotten my respect yet. This is like night right here. Didn't give me my respect, but I scared the hell out of them. Basically, Whenever I got there, they were on the uh, they were on the path to going to rob a pawn shop right then. It was probably three in the morning. Maybe by the time they were actually ended up making the move, and that means we we're kicking it, smoking, drinking, hanging out, having fun, having a good night. Honestly, it was a good night. And then all of a sudden, it's like, all right, it's time to go. And the dude that uh called me out on the sketches is like, you need to be wearing some fucking some Jordans in this motherfucker. And that is, these are the words that were said to me. And uh, my homie Doggy, he was like, nah, man, don't come with us, man. You stay here. You stay here with Amanda. And Amanda's like, I ain't staying. And so now it's me and Amanda. And, like, nobody gives a fuck. It's three guys. Getting, like, it's going to be three guys going. But now it's me and Amanda. And they're like, man, we need, we got, we can put them in the front. We're riding in the back. Nobody suspect the thing. It'll be two white, two white kids in the front. And, like, we'll be tucked off in the back, and they can drive wherever the fuck they want. So me and her, 
uh, we're in the front, they're in the back. We pull up to the back of the uh, the pawn shop, and they all hop out and they go uh, basically basically breaking the back door. And uh, they thought they cut the alarm, but when they cut the alarm, it, it it set the silent alarm off. They went in there and they got well from what they said because basically I wrecked the car and I I don't have any idea what they got, but they basically told me they got they got guns, jewelry, anything of value that was visible. They had a, a, you know, they had a duffel bag full of everything. They was running around there, boom, that thing looked full to me. They come out, they hopped in the car, go, 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 go. I've been driving for my my grandpa, like on the on the land, like he's got forty acres, so I know how to drive, but I don't know how to race car drive. And now I got this. Uh, <laughs> oh my god, this is embarrassing to even think about now. But like to us, it was a Jeep. That thing was a Geo Tracker. It was a G.O. tracker. Like, that, I don't think I've – I actually have seen them on the road. There, there are still some out there. I won't hate on G.O. tracker if they're still alive right now. But this G.O. tracker was not the business. They come. They get in the car. They get in the back. Boom, boom, boom. I'm on the move. I'm taking the back streets back to the apartment complex, and I think I got it figured out. And uh, I'm about to cross this main road. It's called Pass Road. And, like, I pull up to it, and, like, it's got this big old lip. Like it's huge. It had just gotten it had just gotten paved. Like and there's like this weird lift that you're gonna have to go slow over and and uh the light turns green and I start going across the street and when I look left I see a cop car like on the next light down, like speed past. <coughs> and I'm thinking to myself, that's not good. And uh I'm on the street to get to the apartment complex. I'm driving. I got Amanda right next to me. I got three homies in the back. And uh, basically, we're driving down, and we take a right into uh, the apartment complex on, the, on, on like, the first entrance. And there's one, two, three entrances. And basically, like, no, wait. One, two, three. Yeah, there's three entrances. But there's four lanes. So like the third entrance, you can go right down to a lane. You go left into a lane around all these apartments. And they're all big. They're basically they're two-story. They're not three. They're two-story brick buildings with stoops in between. There's one pool in the middle, but it's a whole lot of parking lot. There's a whole lot of parking lot. Plenty of parking lot, guest parking. They actually they thought about guest parking. It was actually really nice because your guests could come park right there no problem you had your parking there's guest parking plenty of parking parking was not a problem but basically i pull into the first one it's a big huge square essentially i pulled into the first one we're in the apartment the apartment i live in is on this little block i could park right there on like the third set of buildings on the left and then walk to my apartment but before I get to there, I'll take a right into the apartment complex. I get to about halfway through that that lane, and the lights fucking light up behind me. Boom! There's the police behind me. I'm thinking I need to gun it, so I press down on the gas as hard as I can. Boom! And now I'm I'm on the race. I basically haul ass down to the end, hit the brakes, slam sideways, and then I fucking uh, hit hit the gas again. And before this next cop could get in front of me, try to block this other lane off, I'm already going. And like I, I zoomed past him, and like the other lane, you actually it goes into another parking lot, so he couldn't he couldn't actually block me off either. 
and I'm going 80 miles an hour, which is insane in this little spot right here. By the time I get to the corner down here, I think I'm going 80. Slam on the brakes, turn the wheel, hoping for the best, basically, just hoping for the best. We skirt, we turn sideways, all right. This little geo tracker turned all the way sideways. We skirt, 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 skirt. And it was, it was like, I felt like the back end left the ground for real. And then we hit a tree on the backside, and all three dudes in the back slammed up there, and I could hear them, oh, they, they, they did not like that. And that's when they're like, Frank, stop, 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 please stop, not me. Uh-uh, I gunned it. I slammed that gas pedal back down, boom, we're going as fast as we can down, down this next square. Now, I'm on the last third of this square, and all I got to do is take a left. But this cop car comes out of fucking nowhere, and I pull in. Slam on the brakes again, but I come to a full stop, and I slam the steering wheel to the left. Go go through this parking lot. There's like a little parking lot, and like there's no cop in the middle of that for some reason. They're all blocking that lane, and I fucking bail out of there. I I gun it, make it to the exit, make it to the street, skirt out of there, almost go down this fucking ditch. And this cop that was gunning it right after me, that dude went straight down the fucking ditch. That dude went down the ditch. I gun it, and there's a car blocking me, blocking the lane, the same lane that I was gunning it after the red light, where I was at the red light where the uh, the the pass road had just been paved. I'm gunning it toward pass road. Nothing's stopping me. The guys in the back are screaming, please, Frank, stop. Please, please. Amanda, too. Everybody's saying, please, Frank, stop. But I'm like 5'6", 185 pounds, fattest kid in the car. My only chance of getting away is with the fucking gas pedal. I got it going. This next cop, he sees me coming. He realizes I'm not stopping. He puts it in reverse. I see him going in reverse, and then the same ditch that that cop went down. It was a 12-foot deep ditch. It's a huge ditch. That dude, that dude goes, oosh, bams. I see his headlights go straight up. I know that he's in the ditch. He's done. I'm like, oh, my God, fuck. And, like, all these guys are still screaming. Amanda's screaming. Everybody's telling me sanely, like, hey, stop, Frank. You're crazy. I got this pedal down, and I was like, oh, shit, that fucking shit's fucking just paved. I'm pulling up this thing, and I I don't know. I can't slam on the brakes. I know that, so I try to slow it down, and all we do is the front end dips right in that, that uh, I don't know, it's like a curve. Boom, both tires hit, like the front and back, but now we got the, the hood is facing, like not up, but a good a good like 25 degree angle up and all of us are kind of flying out. There's no roof on this geo tracker, by the way, it's a geo tracker, but it's, there's, there was no roof ever this whole time. There's no roof on the thing. The guys in the back, they're, they're holding on to the bar. Me, I'm holding on to the steering wheel. Amanda, holding, she's holding on to dear life for like the front dash, like not the dashboard, but like the windshield. And then we crash down. We land over there. But all these cops, they're smart. They hit the brakes. They don't like to fly over there like that. But this geo tracker did it straight. I didn't turn sideways, nothing. But I'm driving down this thing as fast as I can. I gunned it again. And then I, I tried to turn, lost lost control. Uh, last thing I saw was uh, like two dirt piles and some trees off in the distance. And basically, we're heading straight at one of these dirt piles. We hit this dirt pile, and the police have testified this. It's probably in the newspapers and shit. I made the front page on this one. The car was, like, hit, hit, and it was turning spiral like a football. So clockwise. We were spinning clockwise. The three boys in the back 
I won't name their names, but uh, they're all close friends even this day. They they fly in all different directions. And then me and Amanda stay in the car, and we slam into this tree that I saw off in the distance. Like, like I'm on the driver's side is on the ground. It's basically so I'm, I'm on the ground. She's landing on top of me from the passenger side. Car is sideways, but there's no roof, so, like, She's she's bitching about her leg and I'm like, oh fuck this. I gotta get to we gotta run, motherfucker. We gotta run. So I grab her and I sling her as hard as I can. The police uh tell me later that she came out flying like I had adrenaline. She came out with her arms swinging and shit and laying on the ground all hard. But uh when I got out, I didn't see her because she she wasn't moving. I don't remember what I saw with her, but I looked over to the left and I saw a doggy. His head was buried in a dirt pile. Like, his head was buried in a dirt pile. I pulled him out of that dirt pile. His head, and I'm pushing at him. I'm looking at him. I think he died. And then all of a sudden, I get tackled out of left field, like, out of nowhere. This cop hits me, boom. And I'm on the ground, hits me in the back of the head a couple times, and all of a sudden, I'm I'm basically getting handcuffed. And uh, I'm looking, and Doggy's still thinking he's, like, dead, but I couldn't see him moving or nothing like that. I see Amanda getting arrested. She's she's uh, bitching about her knee. I'm getting just dragged around. A couple of other guys, they, they landed further. One tried to run, but the dogs were after him, and, uh, they, you know, he's nah, he, he went down. And then uh, so they got arrested, but... I didn't know what happened to Doggy. I was sitting in the back of a cop car, kind of flipping out. I had some weed in my pocket, so I, like, stuffed it under the car seat. They probably found it, but we were in so much trouble. It probably didn't matter. It wasn't enough weed to matter even in Mississippi. It's not like California. In California, you get away with weed. In Mississippi, you cannot. You're not getting away with weed. You get away with DUI before you get away with weed. That is what I knew from down there. But essentially... Uh, I get, I'm get. i sitting in the back of a cop car wondering what the fuck happened to Doggy. And then I finally see him. I see Doggy now. He's got a neck brace on. He's got handcuffs on. He's standing up. I'm kind of happy to see that. But I do not like the 10 cops that are standing around him. There's black cops, white cops. But these are Mississippi cops. They will beat you. you they, they do not discriminate. You can be white, black, brown, any kind of whatever color, yellow. Speak any kind of language. You get beat by the Mississippi police. And your, your mug shot, they might not even take it for a while. It's a real thing. But uh, Mississippi's gnarly in general. You're going to fight your way through Mississippi. You're going to be tough. <laughs> it's, it's, I don't think you can come out of Mississippi and not be tough. It's a rough It's a rough world. Not my world, anyway. There's a few There's a few nice lives in Mississippi. People living good lives down there. But even the country boys, boy, they love to fight. Them country boys, them Cajun boys, even them rich boys, preppy boys, they're down to fight. They're down to fight, all of them. But there wasn't no fight in the night. We crashed the car. Uh, I crashed the car. <laughs> I hurt everybody. Everybody's hurt in some way, shape, or form from this. She, Amanda hurt her knee. The other homie's got some type of energy, in, injury from it. But the one that stands out is Doggy. He's got his neck brace on. He's got 10 cops around him uh, yelling at him. Like, yelling all kinds of shit at him. They might have thought he was the driver from the way everything went down. I don't know. But I think they figured out the white guy was driving any damn way. Because one dude figured it out. He was like, you were the driver. He knew it. He knew I was the driver. But uh, 
he's got 10 cops around him, and, like, they will beat you. They will beat you. He's got one guy all up in his face. Black dude just yelling in his face. I mean, just so close and disrespectful. Like, what the fuck you think you're doing? You could have killed people. I, I don't know why. I mean, he's, Doggy's probably talking shit, though. But Doggy's spitting this cop's face. Like, I saw him look at him eye to eye. <sighs> spitting his face. I'm like, oh, no. I start flipping out in the car, but there's not much you can do from the car. You're kicking and yelling and looking and trying to like trying to yell like don't don't you hit him. And this cop he rears back, and I swear to God I thought he was gonna hit him. He rears back, but he's got that nightclub, you know, one of the Billy clubs. He rears back, comes looking at him like he's gonna hit him in his face, and Doggy just stands there. He didn't move a fucking inch, not a centimeter. That cop stopped, like, the baton, like, a few inches from his face. Like, ooh, he's like, I want to fuck you up. And while he's talking to him in his face again, doggy spits in his face one more motherfucking time. This time he had a good one set up. <laughs> Spit a nasty loogie in this motherfucker's face. That shit was gnarly. Splash, that motherfucker started hopping up and down, and they fucking took, they took doggy down at that point. They did not beat him. Because I think there's like, this is one of the first time there was cameras there or some shit, man. Because they, uh, there was cameras there on him. There's like a cop with like a handheld camera. And uh, I don't know. They, they did not beat him the way I thought he was about to get beat. But he's totally spitting that cop's face two times. Maybe because we we're kids. We we're 15 year old kids, man. Doggy's the same old age as me. Same as a couple other motherfuckers. We're all in school together. We're all going to the same high school. Except for, except for Doggy. He went to Pasquinchina High School. And then we, we were at Gulfport High School. But uh, they took his ass down. We all went to we all went to the police station. They interviewed. Is uh, they interviewed us as our parents showed up. One of the motherfuckers knew he was going back to training school anyway. He admitted everything. He wanted to start his time right then. He's like, I want to go back to training school now. Sooner I get this over with, sooner I get out. He's a smart one. He was the smart one. Me, Doggy, we uh, we pled not guilty, and before, I guess before we get in that much, like uh, basically, I didn't like my mom was the last one to show up. Everybody's moms and parents showed up before that, like before my mom showed up. But I remember this one part of the story: the police had to actually go knock on the door. But if you if you remember, like in the beginning of this one and last podcast I got into Ernie his mom had one of them like uh dispatch radios you know what I mean like they had this she always had it going she was so nosy in the trailer park this is back to the trailer park she always had that thing going and if anybody had some drama going on we knew about it first she heard my name or she heard my name and like some people talking about Leslie or my mom's name and saying like I was in like we need to wake her up like knocking on her door like they were looking for me looking for her, and she heard our names or whatever. And so Ernie knew about that. He knew I wasn't coming to the second day of high school, pretty much. Like, I did not make it to the second day of high school. I didn't make it to the – I didn't get out of juvie. And for, like, I like three days, you got, like, a, a initial thing. And, like, I played not guilty, and they put me on house arrest. They wouldn't put Doggy on house arrest. So he spent three months in juvie while I was in – I was on house arrest at home. Because I had a phone. His dad didn't have a phone. So like he couldn't get house arrest because his dad didn't have a phone. My mom had a phone, so I got house arrest. 
I mean, that's fucked up. He had to stay three months in juvie because he didn't have his dad didn't have a phone. And so that's daily fights that like juvie in Mississippi. I mean, it doesn't have to be daily, but it very well could be. There's all kinds of shit talking going on. Just young, dumb motherfuckers coming in and out of there. It's usually three days that you're in there and then you're back out to going to school or whatever. But he's in there for three months. Uh, my mom would actually let him do uh, like collect calls over that, like to the house every day. And like we usually had the boys over there when we all pass phone around while while the, while we could handle the the call because we couldn't make it too long. I don't know, but when we got arrested, I don't know. It was, it was gnarly. Like I remember the investigating. Like they're trying to they're trying to say I was the leader. I was the white guy. This cop slapped me because I was denying being the driver. I was I wasn't the one driving. Driving this. <laughs> This cop slapped the hell out of me, man. Still, I I wasn't the one driving. We know it was a white guy. You're the only white guy here. Like, I saw a white guy driving. I know it was you. There's a white girl in the passenger seat and a white guy driving. He remembered everything about it. But eventually, we got got sent to training school. Training school, I guess I could tap on that a little bit. It's It's been a long story so far already. And let me check on how long I've been going. One, let me check this. Open it up. Been 37 minutes. All right, I could do a little bit on on Oakley Training School, but that's a there's a lot of details there. But essentially, I got sent to a boot camp. And you get you're you're in the army essentially. You're gonna wear army fatigues. You're gonna do it for basically your first time you get sent there. It's only 10 weeks, but if you fuck up. You, if you miss rent, if you mess up any kind of thing like that, you you guys, that's a free week. That, like you didn't even that week doesn't count to you getting out. I ended up serving six months because I fuck up. You fight, you do all kinds of shit. But after the three months of uh, house arrest, I thought that uh, I was gonna be free. <laughs> I thought I was gonna get out of it. We had we had so many damn charges. Like so, I got involved in a night that was gnarly i'm gonna take a break and i'll get i'll get into this training school thing i'm gonna take a break but i'll be right back all right welcome back so essentially this part's gonna be called training school because i got sent there two times one time for that time the the story that i just kind of introduced this to but I mentioned that I got charged with everything. And then the cop saw me driving and he thought that I was the leader of this whole debacle. Like I stole it. He thought I stole the car. He thought I'd led them on this whole thing. And uh, from that first apartment that I'd driven people to, there's witnesses saying that there was a white guy there. So there's witnesses saying I was there from the beginning. But that's the only thing I went to that apartment complex and like I didn't really break into shit. I didn't. I didn't do nothing. Although I wasn't. I'm not saying that I was innocent. I was there. I, I was driving a stolen car. We went there, and they broke in all kinds of shit. They stole car stereos. They knew how to steal all that shit. I had no idea how to steal all that shit. I was just walking around like seeing if there's any doors open for change or some shit like that. And I didn't really pull on. I didn't try anything really. But uh. I was the driver. We got back. I drove us back, and then I hopped out, and I went to my little birthday party. I wasn't had my. I was playing uh, virtual fighter, but I got, I got called over there, and we did what we did. But like while I was uh, I was at home. These guys went and did so much shit. In like in my charges, it was fifty six felonies. 
There's 56 felonies charged on all of us. It's like, what the fuck is going on here? They're trying to send us away forever. All they could end up pinning me on and everything. Like, I ended up, like, that's the ones I, like, like was a, convicted for. It was, like, six felonies. Was driving a stolen car, stealing the car. They got me for stealing the car. And then I got, like, six tickets for the high-speed chase that I was in. We crashed. Like, we crashed like a motherfucker. We totaled that car. The guy that, the guy that owned the car, the car dealership that it was stolen from, uh, I don't know. He was there at court, and he was, you know, he was he was trying to get compensated for his thing. I, I mean, he had probably had to do an insurance claim because he didn't get no money from me. There was restitution. I had to do some some community service for wasn't any any money from us. You could sue us all you want, but my mom was broke. We were broke. They wasn't getting no money from us. My daddy's living overseas. They they didn't have it. I don't think they could look that deep. It was like, look at his mom. She ain't got no money. He ain't got no money. You're kind of messed up, bro. Sorry. Bye. We're going to lock this kid up. <laughs> and they locked me and Doggy up. I remember, like, the judge said some crazy shit. And I was thinking I was going to get out. I'm like, oh, okay, that sounds good. And I see him unhandcuffing Doggy. I'm like, oh, cool. But all they did was take off one handcuff and then put that part of the handcuff on me. And then now me and Doggy were handcuffed together. He's in orange jumpsuit. I'm in regular clothes trying to look preppy and stuff, trying to be like, I'm a good kid. Please don't lock me up. But me and me and Doggy are handcuffed together, and then we walk right right back to the thing. I swear to God, the next morning, like typically, like the next time I got sent to training school, I was there for like three weeks. But this this time, I walked in. I got convicted. I saw I saw Nathan Nix, a kid that I did like I didn't always get along with, but I was from the same neighborhood. And he was like, what the fuck are you doing in here? I was like, man, I just got convicted. I got to go up to training school. He's like, oh, good luck with that because he's all in shape. He was, he was in shape. I was like 5'6", 185. I'm going to tell you, when I got out, I was six. I was like, I was 5'11", and I was like 160. So I, I, I grew, and then I thinned up. But, like, you're basically in the military. You're going to go to boot camp. The commitment, the first commitment is what they call it. Is ten weeks, but like I said, if you fuck up, you get in there. End up six months, nine months. You can end up there until you until you're not a juvenile anymore, and they can still send your ass to real jail too, because you get locked up for your crimes that you do when you're in jail. Most people know about that. Uh, I got in a few fights. I failed my rent sometimes. Like if you don't have your if you don't have your room clean, if you don't have your uh, your 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 shoes polished, your boots polished, where people can see them, their faces in them and stuff. You could get dock points for your rent, and like your rent was on a daily basis. And if you fucked it up for the week, you you were really upset about it. Ended up serving a little more time than I was supposed to. Pretty much, I get out. Uh, I'm still I'm still 15. I'm like 15 and a half. Uh, but you can't go back to regular school. You got to do nine weeks at the alternative school. So I did my nine weeks at the alternative school. You just take advantage of that because they just hand you schoolwork and you finish it or you don't. So just finish it. Just finish it as fast as you can. So I would always do that. And I just, you know, float around the class BS and acting like I'm helping people but just trying to talk to girls. If you want to be honest, I'd be, I'm going to go help old Susie over there. And I helped out, you know, as much as I could, but mostly be trying to flirt. That's what was happening. That's how it goes. Um, But I got... I got back into school, regular high school, and I'm doing really good. I'm getting good grades. My uh, my aunt works at the at the school, and she's really helping me out. She's like, uh, 
she was the accountant for the school, the high school. And basically, if you needed anything, if you wanted something, like you wanted something for your field trip, for your class, you had to go through her. So, like, if you did me wrong, she'd let you know, hey, next time just send him to my office and I'll deal with him. And typically, that was that's all it took. Aunt Jamie helped me out for sure. She is still kicking it alive, and I'm happy to be able to say that. Can't say that about everybody. But um, it, I was doing good in school. Like, I would work, work for my grandpa. Uh, you know, being locked up kind of straightened me out. I did not want to go back to training school. That was hard. All those push-ups, all the people yelling at you, just dealing with the other inmates is not fun. Like, the whole the whole situation, just not worth doing any more crime. But I was always still smoking weed. That was definitely still always the thing. Is uh, Every one of my friends had it. We were smoking no matter what. Like, you're just not going to even say no. It's like, all right, I want to smoke. But, um, so I got into trouble a few times with failing P tests, but like I was doing really good in school. So my PO officer, my parole officer would let me out and she'd be like, Hey, just, you know, just, just stop it and like quit being self-destructive. And I guess that's, you know, I guess we could be self-destructive, but like a lot of people, it's medical now. So like back then they saw in Mississippi, you could get away with DUI, but you couldn't get, get away with being high. That it didn't make any damn sense, but I kept smoking weed. And that ended up being my downfall. So my senior year, 1999, I'm taking two classes and now I'm going to work for my grandpa. Like I have so many credits. All I got to do is go to two classes and I can go to work for my grandpa and make some money too. I'm in a whatever co-op program, whatever it was, whatever it's called. But basically I'd go to work, earn money, and I was going to graduate. Five days. I'm talking about fucking five days before graduation. I'm 17 years old. I took extra credits and then also took advantage of the, uh, the, that one school because I just did a lot of work and I got, I got credit for classes I wasn't supposed to get credit for. Mostly Japanese, because I told them I knew Japanese, and they let me do this Japanese work. It was kind of a slick move, because nobody could check it. And they're like, all right, you got his two Japanese credits. So I got my two foreign credits. But I go back to school, and then I, I, I'm doing really well. About to graduate. Five days before, like, the last day of school, and then there's graduation or whatever. So there's, like, one week left, and it's, like, the weekend before it. And I'm waiting for my ride to go to work. Like, I'm at the McDonald's next to the school, waiting for that ride. Waiting for my uncle to come pick me up and take me to Keesler Air Force Base because that was a job we were working on right then. But the homie Eli, Eli motherfucking Stallworth, he's, he's still a Facebook friend of mine, too. He pulls up to me. He's like, hey, man, you want to smoke a joint? I'm like, fuck yeah, what's up? I started smoking this joint with him. We're outside McDonald's. I'm waiting for my ride to go to work. School's done for me. He's on his lunch break from school, but he's a senior. You can go to McDonald's if you're a senior. And we're at the the phone booth, smoking a joint, chilling. I got the phone off, acting like we're talking on the phone. And, like, all of a sudden you hear the door ringing. It's not from McDonald's. It's from, like, a little bit. It's a restaurant next to it. It's a Chinese restaurant next to the McDonald's. But there's, like, this little hill. 
and like the wind is probably just going right down to these cops. Basically, they're not cops, but they look like narcs. And, and then once I, they look like narcs, and then when I saw the badge, I'm like, oh fuck. And uh, Eli had the joint. I was like, get the fuck rid of it. Get rid of it. Get rid of it. And uh, this fucker, it's his weed, and he don't want to waste it. In Mississippi, weed was rare back in, in the late 90s. You get some goods, a little bit, like not not much. Like you get some BC bud if you're lucky. And uh, he's, he puts it in his pocket. He put, clicks the cherry out, puts it in his pocket. These these narcs come pull up, and they're like, hey, what's going on? Da, 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 da. And like they start searching us, and the school cop shows up. Captain May, that son of a bitch ended up getting arrested for fucking high school girls, but he can arrest me this day. He pulls up and like, oh yeah, these guys smoke for sure. They found the weed on Eli, and then uh, he he got, we both got arrested, but he got the bail out for like, he might have got like a $75 ticket or something. I get sent to juvenile hall, and like the judge, Judge Ward, he was so over me. Going in and out of there. He didn't even want to hear my case. He didn't hear my case. He didn't see my case. He just sent me straight to training school. But he had warned me. He said, if I see you in here again, I'm sending you straight to training school. I'm not playing with you anymore. Because I would go in there and I would sell them. I would go in there and be like, I'm going to do better. I'm going to do better. I was always still hanging out with my, uh, you know, my shit show friends. And uh, this time he wasn't having it. One teacher brought me my final exam. And uh, my, it was like anatomy and physiology. I did really good on it. I passed it. But my history teacher, he was like a football coach, and he would not bring it. He was like, nah, nope, I'm not taking nothing down there. If he had brought that test, I could have still graduated high school. But I needed one credit. I get sent back to training school. But this time, it's not a 10-week commitment. It's it's a legit six months. Like you're, it's a legit six months. I already did six months. This one you're going for five and a half months commitment, but uh, the well, typically it's six months. But you could get two two weeks early parole, and you wanted those two weeks, so you worked for it. And that was my goal. But since I was from Gulfport, Biloxi, like those guys, like the Coast Boys, someone canceled early parole. I think it was Judge Ward. He's like, no, no more early parole. I want them gone for six whole months. There's no, there's no early parole. I don't want to hear about early parole. It was like a waste in the system for him, I guess. So I was supposed to be no early parole, and I get sent up there. But I had been in and out of, like, juvie. There was three weeks. This time I had to do three. I had waited three weeks for the bus to go to training school. And, like, there would be times like that. We were in there three weeks, three days a week. And, like, I was, I was in and out a lot. Like, I'd get arrested for something random, fighting in school. Even if you fight in school, you get arrested. Like, you get arrested if you're on papers. If you're a, uh, if you got a PO, they'll lock you up for three days, three weeks. Like, all right, you go back there. You want to be crazy. We're going to put you up in 6 South, 6 North. Like, Juvie, Juvie was crazy. There's a lot of, there's stories there, too, I guess. But this story's about Japanese labor prison, not Mississippi Juvenile Hall. But Mississippi prisons are crazy. In fact, in that, in 6 North, the 6 North, yeah, 6 North to 6 South, one, one kid got slammed on his back because that was the bunk room. That place was the bunker. They, this place isn't even, they don't even put kids in this place anymore. It's so, it so unsafe. They built a whole new one. But in fact, it's hell. Now I think I think they don't even send us to Oakley Training School. The Coast Boys go to their own facility now. They don't even go to Oakley Training School anymore. But Oakley Training School was definitely where they sent my ass this time. 
and I ended up I ended up doing the five and a half months. I got I got early parole and everything. However, it was kind of the same deal. Like I was platoon leader though too, so I can basic training. You you're basically I mean you're in a platoon. You you got a bunch of guys marching around. I got I'm gonna call cadence and stuff. A left right high old hip 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 height ho hip height. Moving on, huh? I don't know why I live. I don't know why I live. But anyway, you're going to sing some songs. I was definitely not the good singer, so usually the platoon sergeant had to sing But I could call uh, steps. And I, I did. We were, I was on a drill team and everything. We, did, we didn't do very well. But I mean, it's probably the leader, <laughs> to be honest. But, like, you know, calm left flank, left flank, left flank march, right flank march. Calm left. Who? Real March? I don't know. Military would get that, I guess. But I was from a military background, and I kind of got it. And I ended up being platoon leader. That and I was a little older, too. Like, I turned 18 in Oakley Training School in the year 1999. I was in Oakley Training School on my 18th birthday. I was supposed to graduate that year. I ended up getting out in September. I had to go to that stupid-ass school again for nine weeks at the alternative school. This is the third time I went to the alternative school. So everybody knew me. The vice principal knew me. She was now the principal at the time, and it was uh, pretty cool. Miss Miss January was my uh, was my counselor in the training school, and, like, they're all friends. Like, my PO, my vice principal that turned into the principal, and then my my counselor up in uh, up in Riley, Mississippi, at Oakley Training School. But I turned eighteen in there. It was rough. There's all kinds of crazy stories about fights, bathroom fucking fights, all kinds of shit, shower fights from juvie. I don't want to get into all that. But basically, I had to turn. I had to do two stints as a youth. One. I was on my fifteenth birthday. I was tried for fifty-six felonies. They could only convict me of six. I was a, they could only prove I was guilty of fifty-six of those. I mean, six of the fifty-six. I was there for those. So I didn't really. I couldn't contest them. I was like, yeah, yeah. I mean, I was there for those. Y'all got me on those, but I wasn't at them other ones. You gotta figure that out. That you gotta figure that out. I wasn't there. But the next time. I, so essentially, I served more time for one joint than I did for six felonies. And it all started from my 15th birthday, my first day of high school, to my 18th birthday. I was in and out of the juvenile system in Mississippi. Once you're in it, there's no way out of it. doesn't matter if you're white, black, Mexican, Asian. Once you're in it, they got you. It's a prison system, it's a mini prison system, and it's a little taste. And they want you to understand, they don't even hide it. That once you're in it, you're in the system. So, like, when you're a youth fucking up and trying to show you a little badass, like, we will ruin your life. Like, we will make your life hard. Once you come in and out of here and you prove that you do not want to be a productive member of society, we will fuck your life over. So, become a productive member of society. Make a podcast, tell me about it, shoot me some feedback. I see some people are listening. That's beyond me. I can't listen that many times. So I appreciate listeners. I appreciate uh, the four cents that Anchor sent me. 
Anchor, I'd appreciate you sending me some uh, better deals. Hook it up, and I'll play them. I'll make you a little, little maybe I'll even do an alien video, a voiceover or something like that. But what I did do is I went through all the stuff that's on the written sheet here. The, uh, you know, the layout. What do we got here? Boom, do 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 do. I didn't really get into how I met DJ and Little John, nor did I get into how I met Dana and Dustin. But those dudes are gnarly. Dana's down in Dana. A little shout out to Dana and the Gator Boys. He's got a Gator Boys uh, rap group for one, and then he's also got a barbershop called Gator Boys right next to Kiesler Air Force Base, the Air Force Base I was born on. So that's special too. So thank you for listening to my first day of high school. I promise it won't be too long till we get to the Japanese labor prison. Let me check this list of eight episodes. That's three. So, dang. Up next is Ram Track. Are we ready for Ram Track? That's not even... I think we should skip ahead to Japanese labor prison. Should we... I'll take some feedback. So it's Japanese labor prison even isn't even till uh, Jap. Oh, episode seven. Dang, so like we got one, two, three, so one, two, three, four, three whole episodes till we get to Japanese Labor Prison. But again, this is trying, I'm trying, thank you for bearing with me, but basically what I'm trying to do is lay out what my book would look like. And I want to do a kind of podcast form because you talk about it and you remember other things. I'm sitting here making notes about stuff that I wish I'd thought about while I was talking, but you know, what are you going to do? All right. Appreciate you tuning in. Next is next step is going to be Ram track. Uh, that's a gnarly story. It's awesome. I think it's going to be the funnest story of this whole project. It's definitely fun for me. I lived it. It was awesome. Thanks for tuning in. Ciao.